0: Good morning and uh, welcome to the Meeting Place Church. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Peter. I'm the Youth and Young Adults Pastor here at TMP, and I'm glad that we get to spend our Sunday mornings together. I'm also excited because I have the opportunity to wrap up 2018 here at TMP uh, as we head into 2019. And I wanted to do that by exploring the idea That even though our lives are full of unexpected events and circumstances that we don't control, there is one thing that we do control that has the power to change what happens next. When I was growing up, uh, there were very few things that I disliked more than going to school. Most of my school days were spent talking to my friends And getting shushed by teachers. And every now and then being asked to leave the classroom because I was distracting kids. It actually got so bad one time that my friends would be talking and my teachers would go, Peter, stop talking. What? It wasn't me this time. But most times they were right. Uh, And so, yeah, I also rarely got my homework done on time because once class was out, you know, sitting down and struggling through math equations and English essays was at the very bottom of my priority list. And street hockey with my friends was at the top. And so I don't know how I pulled it off, but I did manage to endure 12 years of school. I did graduate, and I finally put my days as a student in the rear view. And I had absolutely no desire of going back from school, back to school. I was free. I was done. But then it that, that's how I felt until... Uh, a few years of freedom went by and i started thinking seriously about getting a career which meant that i most likely had to go back to school and the initial thought of going back to school uh you know the the classrooms the homework the exams that was that was a revolting thought to me and it, it had me second guessing like oh no maybe i don't need to go i was trying to make excuses You know, one minute I wanted to go, the next I didn't want to go. And this seesaw battle uh, continued in my mind for weeks until finally um, I decided that I was going to do it. And in September of 2012, I found myself back in school studying to be an automotive technician. I thought I was maybe choosing something with like the least amount of academic work behind it. I was really nervous at first because, you know, based on my previous experiences with school, I wasn't sure how things were gonna go. I wasn't sure how I was gonna deal with the long hours of class time uh, and homework that were ahead of me. And I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to keep focused, to keep still in my seat, let alone keep up and put up with all the expectations long enough to finish this course. So as that September started rolling by, and I attended classes. Something strange started happening. I found that I was enjoying my time at school. As the days, weeks, and months of classes came and went, I found that I was interested. I was attentive, and even though I had three hours of reading a night, which was three hours more than I usually read, uh, I was keeping up and I was doing well. And and as I reflect. And, and as I have reflected back on my time um, and, and what the difference was between my time in high school and my time in university, the thing that was drastically different was that instead of dragging my feet and working to avoid school, I was fully committed. I was interested uh, in what I was learning and I wanted to be there. In one word, the difference was my attitude. So here is a thought that I would invite you to consider with me. Your attitude, my attitude, the way that we think and feel towards people, situations, and life play a huge role in the way that we respond to them. So check out these words by uh, an author and pastor named Charles Swindoll as he talks about this topic of attitude. He says, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes. Uh, and, And more important than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance giftedness or skill it will make or break a company a church a home so in a few days uh, 2019 will be upon us and with 2019 uh, will be the 100 year anniversary of the world's first film school in 1919 the girishimov i practiced that one a lot the Gerasimov Institute of Cinematography was founded in Moscow, and one of its founding faculty members uh, was a man named Lev Kuleshov, who was made famous by his work in developing one of the most important film editing effects known as the Kuleshov effect. He was also known for being really creative when it came to naming things. Um, but here we have the Kuleshov effect. And this happens when two shots are edited together to give the audience a full spectrum point of view look at the world the character is interacting with and the character's response to what they're seeing. So here's what the Kuleshov effect is going to look like. And I invite you, as these pictures are up on the screen, just take note of what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how you're perceiving this situation. So when we look at this first shot of the man just standing there staring, and then We look at the point of view shot of what he's looking at. We perceive a particular story about what he's feeling and why he's feeling that way. And so then if we take the same shot of the man staring and then a different point of view shot, we are able to draw out a completely different story. So I wonder what thoughts and story did you tell yourself about him? For me, in the first set of shots where the guy was looking at a hamburger, I was thinking, he looked hungry to me. You know, maybe he forgot his lunch at home that day and he hadn't eaten anything since breakfast. And in the second shot, I thought he looked tired, probably getting home from a long day of work. So I don't know exactly what your perceptions of his feelings were in each set of shots or what story you imagined as the backdrop of each situation But I'm pretty confident that each of our perceptions of this guy changed with the set of shots we looked at. Something I found really interesting about the Kuleshov effect, and I'll just throw this out there for us to consider, is that it highlights something that happens inside of us, often without us even realizing it. All of us form narratives. Narratives. And we tell ourselves stories about ourselves, about others, and about our world from our own perspectives. And these stories are what inform our attitudes towards ourselves, towards others, towards our world. And at times, we do this without even being aware of it. Uh, In the New Testament of the Bible, there's a book called Acts. And in it, we find a story of a man who experienced a major attitude change. And this man's name was Saul. We are first introduced to Saul as he's standing by, watching the brutal execution of a follower of Jesus named Stephen. And although Paul may have just been observing this execution, his presence there was no mistake. He was there in full support of what was happening because Saul's attitude towards followers of Jesus was one of distaste and hatred because from his perspective, these Jesus followers were violating the law of God and their growing community was threatening the religious establishment that Saul was a part of. Saul's attitude toward Jesus and his followers was actually so harsh That he played an instrumental role in the wave of persecution against them that began sweeping through Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. And in the book of Acts, its writer Luke, he writes about Paul and he says, or sorry, he writes about Saul and he says, Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them in prison. Nice guy, eh? But it was on one of these journeys to arrest more of Jesus' followers, who were also known as people of the way, that everything changed for Saul. Here's what Luke wrote Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. But then this happened. As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down on him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, the one who you are persecuting. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. If I were Saul, this would definitely uh, be an oh-crap moment for me. I mean, he had just finished killing Jesus followers and arresting Jesus followers, and he was currently on his way to arrest and kill more, and now Jesus shows up and is like, hey, man, what's going on? And so with saul you know probably waiting for a lightning bolt to fall out of the sky jesus says this get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do the men with with saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one saul picked himself up off the ground but when he opened his eyes he was blind So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus and he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. So for Saul, this run in with Jesus was the beginning of a major perspective change that would influence his whole attitude. Over the next few days in Damascus, Saul, he regained his sight, he got baptized and he opened himself to this new story that Jesus was inviting him to be a part of. The story that Jesus really was who he claimed to be. The God Saul thought he knew, now in the flesh. With this trust in a new perspective of the story about who Jesus really was, Saul's whole attitude towards Jesus and his followers began to change. This change of attitude in Saul's life was actually so drastic that many of the early Christians didn't believe it at first. And they kind of thought he was up to something, maybe trying to infiltrate the church from the inside. But this transformation was real. And some Bible scholars think that Luke, the writer of Acts, was trying to get this point across when he started referring to Saul as Paul. It was almost like Luke was trying to say, Saul had become so different that he now needed a new name. This transformed attitude moved Saul from being a guy who was known for destroying churches to being Paul, someone who was known for starting new churches, being one of the most passionate and influential leaders of the early church, And for writing most of the books in the New Testament. So, here's something that I've been thinking about that I'd invite you to consider with me. And that is that each of us live our lives in light of the story about ourselves, others, and our world that we believe to be true. This is important because these stories will inform our attitudes and, in turn, the actions we choose to take that will determine the quality and the direction of our whole lives. Maybe in your story, you believe that you are in life alone and that you need to rely on your own strength. For others, maybe you believe people are relying on you to be strong and you can't afford to be honest about your own hurts. Or maybe in your story, you believe the only way that you will have value is by getting that job, by being in that relationship, or by attaining that status. Whatever you believe, whatever story you believe you're a part of, you know, whatever it is you believe about yourself, others, and your world, it has the power to affect the far reaches of our lives. So let me ask you. What story do you believe to be true about yourself, about those around you, and about your world? Are you the hero? Are you the victim? Are you the side character? And where is this story going? So one of the books that Paul wrote uh, was a letter to his friends in the greek city of corinth and in this letter we get a glimpse of how paul's change in attitude was affecting his life and those around him paul wrote christ's love controls us since we believe that christ died for all we also believe that we have all died to our old life he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them so we have stopped evaluating ourselves from a human point of view at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view but how differently we know him now this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. In this letter to his friends, Paul was writing from the experience of how a new attitude had led him into a new life, and he wanted to make sure that his friends experienced this too. But it wasn't just a positive attitude on its own. Paul badly wanted his friends to know that the key to his new attitude and his way of life hinged on the new story he trusted that he was a part of. The story of God in the flesh, Jesus coming to earth on an all out mission to bring new life to you, to me, and to all of creation. When Jesus was here on earth, uh, he said, I have come to give you life and to give life to the full. And this is the dream that Jesus has for you and I, to experience and live life to its fullest. And that's why Jesus invites you and me to find ourselves in his story, to see ourselves, others, and our world in light of the story of a God who loves without condition or limit. So let me leave you with a couple of questions to consider. How would 2019 be different from 2018 if you put your trust in the idea that you are a part of God's story? How would it affect your attitude toward your relationships, your career, your self-image, and all the other areas of your life, if you trusted the story that at the center of our universe, there is a God overflowing with love for his creation, and that we can receive this love in Jesus, who allowed himself to be crucified so that he could rise and bring new hope and life to you and to me. So if you'd like to, I would invite you to pray with me. So God, I just want to thank you so much for your love for us and that you are inviting us to be a part of your story. That you didn't leave humanity to just float through this universe without hope, but but you stepped down onto this earth to be with us and to bring us hope. And so I ask today that you would help us to open ourselves to learning and trusting the story that you are writing and to consider what it would look like for us to be a part of it. Amen.